I came across this, something I found at cbsnews.com, because I'm a mom. And I, and I say that because, you know, we're going to talk about marijuana, but not the huge, should it be legalized? And, you know, you know, what do we do now? Is it good for an economy? I think we're seeing that financially. It's a great thing of the states that have legalized it. Just look at Colorado leading the fray. It has benefited and benefiting a lot of uh, small business owners and, you know, job creator. I mean, not on a mass scale, uh, you know, like infrastructure, uh, you know, rebuilding and repairing bridges would. But certainly I, I see more pros than I do cons. But whenever you have something, legalized whenever you have something that you have more access to there also can be more abuse more misunderstanding and obviously because you have more access right as a mom of a six-year-old girl and a seven-year-old boy and I want to be really clear I don't smoke pot I don't have anything against you if you do it's just not my thing I'm paranoid and get the munchies without it <laughs> I mean, come on, look what I do for a living. I have smoked it. I inhaled. I did back in college. Really wasn't my drug of choice. I'm more of an upper than a downer girl uh, with stuff like that. I do agree with it being legalized. I think it should be legalized across the board. I find that alcohol and certainly other drugs are far more dangerous. And quite frankly, I find that no matter what you do and you put a gun in somebody's hand, that will take the cake with danger. But I had read about pediatricians commenting on medical marijuana, and it caught my eye because I thought, pediatricians, wait a minute, our kids are smoking pot? <laughs> Not sure that's such a good thing. How young are we talking about? All right? But there is no proof, no hard proof at least, that medical marijuana benefits sick children. Now, hear me out. There are people out there listening to me that take it for seizures. They take it for pain. Uh, they take it for MS as Montel Williams does, but those people are adults. So somebody, you know, might say, well, wait a minute. You know, Jerry, my neighbor across the street, made up name, by the way, uh, has uh, seizures and and he smokes pot. It works for him. I'm going to let little Tommy, my son, do it. It's reduced to seizures. I'm going to give little Susie and Sally some because it'll reduce their pain. It reduced mom's pain, grandma's pain, auntie, uncle, neighbor, friend, read it, Googled it. But this is part of the danger. Because there is no hard proof that medical marijuana benefits sick children. But hard proof is out there. Evidence is out there. That smoking marijuana, when you're a child and your brain is still developing, it can be harmful. Now, somebody might say, well, Leslie, who the heck would give their, you know, kids any kind of a drug, marijuana, you know, caffeine, whatever. And and I would agree. Then again, I had a terminally ill child that passed away. And anybody who has a child, you know, you'd walk through a burning building, you'd stand in front of a locomotive, you would stand in front of a barrage of bullets for your child. I would too, right? You get me, you feel me. If they're hurting and something can take away their pain, experimental or not, you might just do it. But because there is no hard proof that medical marijuana benefits sick kids and there is evidence it may harm their developing brains, pediatricians are saying, look, medical marijuana, this drug, it is a drug, should only be used for severely ill kids who have no other treatment option. In other words, 
terminally ill children, perhaps. Now, there is a new policy that the most influential pediatricians groups have put this out there. See, here's the deal. There are a lot of parents out there insisting that medical marijuana has cured their kids, uh, cured their kids of, of, of seizures, or led to other improvements for kids that have troublesome seizures. But the American Academy of Pediatrics' new policies, rigorous research is needed to verify those claims. To make it easier to study and develop marijuana-based treatments, what the American Academy of Pediatrics group recommends is removing marijuana from the government's most restrictive drug category, and that includes heroin, LSD, and other narcotics with no accepted medical use, and switching it to a category that includes methadone and oxycodone. Now, would you give your kid methadone and oxycodone? The recommended switch they feel could make help make a big difference in promoting research, more research. That's what Dr. Seth Armerman, who is the lead author of the American Academy of Pediatrics Policy and a professor of pediatrics and adolescent medicine at Stanford. The Academy's qualified support may lead more pediatricians to prescribe medical marijuana, but the group is saying pediatric use should only be considered, quote, for children with life-limiting or severely debilitating conditions and for whom current therapies are inadequate, okay? Now, I, I take that to mean as a mom, a child who is dying, and there's nothing else that will address the pain. Now, the academies, like, like, like I said, the, the academy has also repeated this previously, and it repeated it again now with this policy. Their advice against legalizing marijuana for recreational use by adults suggests because it enables easier access for kids. It does not address medical marijuana use in adults, by the way, this policy, this study. But studies have linked recreational marijuana use in kids with ill effects on health. Ill effects on their lungs, because it is still smoke, just like if you smoke a cigarette, and ill effect on their brain, because as a child, you're still developing. Now, I know people think when you have the soft spot on the top of the head, you know, uh, go away, that, you know, you're great. No, your skull is fully hardened, but the brain inside develops for many, many years, not just in the first couple of years. You know, they say the formative years, that's because your brain is still developing, okay? So... When we talk about brain development, what type of problems are we looking at? Memory, concentration, attention, judgment, and reaction time. Now think about that. What do children use in school? Memory. What do you need to do in school to learn? Sit still, be able to concentrate. How many times the teacher says, pay attention? Judgment. In the schoolyard, a judgment. Impulse control, a judgment. If I steal that, that is wrong. I am not supposed to take that because I want it. And reaction time, well, that can certainly affect children in sports or just playing on a schoolyard playground. The policy was published today online in Pediatrics. It updates and expands the group's policy from 11 years ago in 2004. Now, since then, you know the marijuana movement is very different now than it was in 2004. It's grown substantially. Recreational and medical marijuana use is legal for adults 
in four states, Alaska, Colorado, Oregon, and Wisconsin. There are 19 other states in D.C. that allow medical marijuana use, and most allow children to qualify, by the way. And, and you know, the Marijuana Policy Project, a national group that advocates marijuana policy reform and tracks state laws, um, you know, says that, look, you know, kids are allowed in many of those 19 states and D.C., but Dr. Angus Wilfong, who Texas Hospital uh, Children's Hospital in Houston, Texas, said the cart is so far ahead of the horse related to this drug. Marijuana has dozens of chemical components that need to be studied just like any drug to determine safety, proper doses, and potential side effects. Are you going to give your kid a drug an adult uses like Valium or Oxycodone, Percocet, Darvocet? No. Why? Because a little kid can't handle. There's a reason there's even adult dosage Robitussin, Tylenol, Advil, NyQuil, right? There was an international study before this that involved that Dr. Angus Wolfong of Texas Children's Hospital in Houston. It involved 30 children with severe epilepsy. About half got an experimental drug made with a marijuana compound. It doesn't make users high, this compound. And the others received dummy medicine. The study results are still being analyzed, so we don't, you know, the word is still, you know, jury's still out on that. But remember, marijuana does make you high, unless it is a certain kind of marijuana with certain chemical components that make you high taken out of it. A lot of questions for you on this. I know a lot of you favor the legalization of marijuana for recreational purposes, medicinal purposes. But do you favor marijuana medicinally or even recreational for children? Happy Monday. How you doing? I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Medicinal use of marijuana. Have it legalized for medicinal and recreational use in four states. 19 other states in D.C. allow medicinal use in many of them with children. American Pediatric Association says no way. Kids' brains are developing. The jury is out. There's not enough research. These are chemical compounds. It can make you high. But what when your child has seizures and you've given them marijuana perhaps and it helps or helps their pain? Pediatricians say don't do it. What do you say? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Let's start it out with Connie in New Mexico on line four. Connie, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, what I, I, I'm thinking about is that on children, they don't do any trials for psychotropic drugs ever. And they're given to them all the time. And with psychotropic drugs, there is a high incidence of suicidal tendencies. Yeah, you know what? That's a very good point. When you know, when there's when there's drug testing, they usually test it on rats or people, and those people are adults, they're not children. So there's not a lot that is tested on children. They just reduce dosages, right? Or dosages. Yes. And uh, uh, if we're thinking of uh, the wide usage of it, it comes in, especially in sta- uh, places where there is um, uh, some kind of containment for kids, you know, like uh, detention, uh, you know, what do you call it, the reform schools, uh, uh, um, places where they go for treatment and all this and that. And they use it not only for maybe what they uh, think is for uh, therapy type of uh, solutions, but what happens is that they use it a lot for containment, for behavior containment. So, wow. I mean, it's, uh, there's a, a lot that we don't do it, that uh, should be done and should be looked into for children and, 
that's what my concern is, because a lot of these drugs, especially Ritalin, uh, which is given to them at a very young age when they show uh, um, outward behavior of, uh, of uh, being, um, you know, uh, kind of a... Uh, what a hyper child, and and uh, what they end up doing is put them on all Ritalin, and they zombify them. You know, they they become too placid, too. Uh, uh, they lose a lot of their own personality, and if it's they're on it for years, they really don't know the ramifications of what's going to happen. Interesting. So you say until we know more, don't do it. Well, you know what. Uh, I've seen kids, a lot of kids uh, that have um, um, seizures, and uh, uh, I don't, I don't know what the solution is. Uh, I wish I did. I wish I was wise enough and knowledgeable enough to to say something that would be halfway um, intelligent. But I, I don't know, and uh, that's something that they maybe they have to uh, refrain from doing that. And also giving the psychotropics because uh, there is a lot of suicides among people who are among the children who are, are taking those drugs, and it can come all of a sudden. I've seen it in kids. I've worked with kids a lot, and uh, it's it's sad. It's very sad. All right. Thank you very much for your call. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Connie. Eight 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 six Leslie. Also in New Mexico in Santa Fe. Line five is Lucas. Lucas, good afternoon. What, what's your take on this? Hey, Leslie. Uh, like the previous caller said, I kind of um, am under the impression that the pharmaceuticals um, are not very tested uh, with children um, either, and uh, those are, tend to be more destructive to the brain um, when they are tested than marijuana is. So when it comes to that, I don't know, I'm, I'm more of the camp that the current system we have doesn't really work for providing drugs to children. So I think there's more testing needed for everything. Okay. Uh, more testing, more testing. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. If you have more to say on that, stay uh, there. Lucas, we'll be back with you in a moment. I'm Leslie Marshall. More on the medicinal use of marijuana on kids and with kids. It is used for seizures. It is used for great pain. And pediatricians are say, user beware. It can affect brain development. It can affect memory, concentration, reflexes. The list goes on. Should kids be using and parents be giving to their kids medical marijuana. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Talking about marijuana for medicinal purposes for kids. You comfortable with that? Should the law be very specific and, and should the states that have legalized marijuana for both medicinal purposes and recreational purposes and those other 19 and D.C. that allow Marijuana for medicinal purposes, uh, be specific that it is for adult use only. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is the number. Um, can you uh, pick up the phone and join me? 8886 Leslie. Uh, let's go to Paul next in Washington, line one. Hi, Leslie. I think your question needs to be parsed out a little bit more, um, at least from what I've heard you say, because it's like three questions in one. Um, so the first thing I'd like to say about it is, you know, there have been studies about the harmful effects of marijuana going on since the mid-60s, so 50 years. The first thing I want to say is, does anybody think that we uh, recognize, so now we have, we have longitudinal effects, in essence. Do we, do we see something in effect in our society that makes us think, hmm, because there's a lot, of pot been smoked by a lot of people in that 50 years. 
Yeah. Do we recognize that, you know what? Our society has a certain quirk. It does, but it's not from pot. I mean, guns are a quirk. That's what's happened in 50 years, but I don't think that's from marijuana. I would wonder if, and the other thing is this. When you are going to give your, your child a drug, presumably it's on the recommendation of a doctor that you trust, right? So you wouldn't just say, like the, uh, the example you gave, hey, uh, I, I wonder if it'll stop seizures for my kid. If you be your own doctor, that's, that's just not right to be the doctor for you. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I do. You would do it on the recommendation of a physician. So to make laws that would say, but you know, oh, you know, you know, not just with the, you know medical marijuana, you know, mm-hmm. which you know less is known than some of the other drugs that have been through you know all these studies. Right. I know people that do it with antibiotics. I mean, their kid had strep throat one year. The kid gets a sore throat. They just give them antibiotics, and they don't realize they're screwing up their kid's immune system. That's really a stupid thing to do for anybody. Yeah, I, I had a friend who just did that. Uh, he had a cold, and he. <laughs> His wife saves these things up. She doesn't, like, take the whole course of antibiotics if she's getting better. And she saves them. I'm like, that is the stupidest thing you can do. You're only asking for trouble. And so I know people do that, and that's a bad thing to do for your child. But you were talking about school, all these things about the development of the brain, and I understand that. But, (laughs) Leslie, I've been a teacher, and I taught special ed for a while. And let me tell you, they put kids on drugs for, you know, ADD and ADHD, that I got to tell you, just because the kid's not bouncing off the walls doesn't mean he's paying attention. You no, very, I mean? no, very. Believe me, I've got two, and even though they may not have ADHD, I, I brought my kid to the pediatrician, my son, three times, and said, "Are you sure he does not have ADHD?" She said, "No, he's just a boy." <laughs> right. Well, you know, I had a kid. His name was Joe, and they—he was oh boy, Joe drove me crazy. I admit it was a short trip, but he drove me crazy every day. And then they put him on some drugs to calm him down. And I just thought after a week of that, I said, I want the old Joe back. Where's Joe? Because he wasn't interested in anything. He was practically falling asleep. No, he wasn't causing any trouble. And he wasn't driving me nuts. But he wasn't having, school was nothing to him then. He wasn't interested at all. Of the, he wasn't interested in causing any trouble. And that right there was a problem, if you ask me. So in terms of the drugs that they have him on already, these pharmaceuticals, I would question that as well. And do we need research on it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Research is a good thing. But in terms of it being for recreational use for kids, no. And look, I smoked pot when I was a kid, of course, when I was in junior high and high school. I don't think that's a recommended thing. I mean, at least we shouldn't endorse that, even though we did. Um, you know, these kinds of things should be done under the supervision of an adult, which means when you're an adult, you can do it under your own supervision. No, I don't think we should endorse recreational marijuana use for kids. Kids are going to do it, but the fact that it's legal or or illegal, for instance, is a better case, didn't stop any of us. In terms of my performance in school, well, we really can't take mine because my performance in school really slipped because I was losing my eyesight. So let's compare it to my friends. Most of my friends did pretty well, and we smoked a lot of pot. Um, So... You know, I, I don't know about that. The, your performance in school is is not really a good measure of, uh, you know, what, whether a kid is going to. And, and school could, could have been more interesting, honestly. They certainly weren't paying attention to me in the fact that I couldn't see anything. No wonder I was not interested, right? So I don't know. Uh, I don't think the recreation. Would you agree that we're just over-medicating our kids? We're, we're 
we're over-medicating our entire society. You know, it, we really are. There's just two, because the pharmaceutical companies want us to. And, you know, there's an interesting, I'll just go quickly because I know you're out of time. There was a series of articles here in the Seattle Times a few years ago that it was called, the series was called Suddenly Sick. And it talked about how suddenly we all have too high a blood pressure, we all have this, that, and the other thing, and you know what? You need drugs for it. And it all came about back in the 1980s, and it was really a push by the pharmaceutical companies to identify that ideally your blood pressure should be exactly 120 over 80. Can you imagine? How, why is it we don't all have the same size waist, we don't have the same size neck, same length arms or legs? Why should our blood pressures all be exactly the same, right? It doesn't make any sense. So everyone's on blood pressure medicine now. And everybody's on, you know, there's all, they're giving us all kinds of things that is to, you know, it's legalized drug dealing in this country, yet we've had a war on drugs, which I think mostly a lot of the anti-marijuana stuff is uh, uh, funded or lobbied by the pharmaceutical companies. Unless, until they can get their hands on it and turn it into theirs, it will be looked down upon. You know, and obviously the history of it coming from the, the, the jazz, you know, back in the uh, 30s and 40s, the, the jazz and blues musician community, which was primarily African-American. So, oh, very, very bad. You don't want your kids to get hold of that. You'll turn out like, a, you know, a, a black jazz musician. And so that was the pushback. But a lot of people, like I said, in the last 50 years, a lot of people have smoked a lot of pot. And I don't think that the quirkiness in our society, that the quirks that we can identify are necessarily connected to that. We have bigger problems to worry about. Very true. Very true. Paul, thank you as always. Uh, good chatting with you. Love uh, having you as part of the program. Uh, let's go to line four with Aaron in New Mexico. Aaron, how you doing? Good afternoon. Hi, Leslie. How are you doing? Good. Hey, so I, t- I definitely agree with that last caller about the idea that we're over-medicating and that there have been a lot of studies. But one thing that I think we haven't – that hasn't been touched on enough is the, compar- the com- comparative between what we're calling Schedule 1 and Schedule 2. Uh, like a previous caller talked about how they don't do very many studies on pot that are really legitimate, and it's because it's still considered a Schedule One drug, whereas the things they pumped into us when we were young and we needed our wisdom teeth pulled, you know, they're pumping Percocet and pretty much a bunch of heroin into our children. We call that Schedule Two, so they can do legitimate studies on it. And you know, so think- and this is one of the things the pediatricians want is the, the reclassification of marijuana, not to be classified with a heroin or LSD. Absolutely. But, I mean, like you have Percocet, and I think that's uh, equal to Vicodin, if I remember correctly. But either way, they're able to do studies on that, and they've been able to do studies on that for a really long time. But, you know, back in the 80s, they found that a bulk of the studies were doing things like uh, depriving chimps of oxygen and then concluding that it was the marijuana that was killing the brain cells and all that kind of stuff. So I think that a lot of the study that's come out so far, I, I agree that, you know, a lot of people have smoked a lot of pot, but a lot of the professional studies that have happened are pretty bad, and, you know, maybe they should start talking to former high habitual marijuana smokers like myself. I'm a Ph.D. student, but 
I smoked a lot of pot back in the day. And you and stopped. Yeah, I'm still able to function. Yeah, I stopped. Why, 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 why did you stop? I just didn't have time for that. You didn't have time for like, that. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think? Do you feel comfortable with kids having marijuana for being given marijuana for medicinal purposes? Um. Well, with the with the nausea case, it's interesting because there have been studies that show that it does reduce nausea in cancer patients, and so that might be definitely good. Uh, a definitely good thing that I would point to for that. As far as the pain relief aspect goes, I think that you should really compare it to a lot of the other drugs that they're siphoning into children, you know, your Percocets, your Valiums. Uh, ibuprofen seems to be rather safe, but they don't, that's not their first ditch to uh, go to. You know, they want to give the kids Percocet, which is basically heroin. And so I think that if we, if we were to look at marijuana compared to Percocet would be a much better, you know, Percocet or whatever they give the kids. Uh, if we looked at it compared to those, I think we'd be looking at a much better. Or something, uh, you know, Ritalin is another drug that's overused. Uh, very uh, excellent points. Uh, you know a lot more about this than I do, Aaron. Thank you for participating and contributing today. I hope you will again, uh, even if it's not on this topic. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Uh, let's go to Albuquerque with Allie, line five. Allie, how you doing? Good afternoon. I'm wonderful. How are you today? Good, thank you. Well, yeah, you have a, a lot of really good listeners today. They made a lot of really good points today. And, you know, that's the common misconception is that people who smoke pot, they're like dummies. And, you know, it, it's really quite the opposite. You know, there are a lot of people who are like your last caller, PhD students, who maybe don't have the time for it anymore. But, you know, when they were doing it, it wasn't a downfall or something that was bad. So when it comes into play with kids, you know, we really got to take into consideration you know, the biggest lobbies against legalizing marijuana in the United States are big pharmaceuticals and private prisons. So, you know, they're going to keep locking this up if you can keep getting people in trouble for it. But the the pharmaceutical companies, like like I think Paul said, you know, once they get their hands on it, then they're going to figure out ways because, you know, there are studies that have been done overseas. I, I think I read in a High Times magazine, matter-of-factly, that uh, – Israel and places in the Middle East and places in Europe, they have done studies and they have shown that, you know, rats when implanted with tumors, um, the tumors show less growth when THC has been introduced into the rats' regimen. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's a, a lot of different things that we do really need to take into consideration. We need to take into account side effects alone. You know, if it was me and the option was, hey, you're going to dose your kid up with this potential thoughts of suicide as a side effect versus, you know, maybe he wants some donuts or some cookies and some milk and it's alleviating his pain and and parts of things that are ailing him, then I'm going to go with the the marijuana. And, you know, another misconception is too, you know, like, oh, these kids are smoking. No, that's not the way it is either. You know, there's this marijuana come a long way too. I mean, there's it's not just you know a, a, a green bag of leafy substance that you get anymore. You know, there's with with the pot trends in Colorado and Washington, you've got edibles. Um, there's different concentrations, so I mean, they're really it can be very beneficial in the right circumstances and the right controlled way if parents and people really know and have the knowledge that it takes to you know be able to use those things in beneficial ways. 
All right. Very interesting. Thank you. Thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, another intelligent caller there, Allie. Take a break when we come back if you're holding hang tight. Uh, coming up next, more of your calls. Uh, Randall in Connecticut, line two, you're up next on deck. So uh, get ready. Get ready with that bat, right? Uh, to hit it out of the park. I'm Leslie Marshall, back with more of our discussion on medicinal marijuana specifically being used for children. It is permissible and legal in many states, and pediatricians are now saying don't do that. And we need to reclassify this drug in order to study it and test it further. We'll be back. Lots of calls to get to. Let's get to it. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. And we are talking about medicinal marijuana with children using it. Let's go to Randall, Connecticut, line two, as promised. Hey, Randall, thank you for holding. And what do you say? Hey, uh, I come at this from a couple of different directions, to be honest with you, Leslie. Okay. Um, Number one is... uh, they just legalized it here for medical use. Okay. And you need to turn and, your radio down. There's a delay that's going to confuse you, and it confuses us a bit, too. Okay, thanks. Um, go and, ahead. And uh, I, uh, I, number one, I have a medical card because I have spinal damage. So I'm on uh, Social Security, and I, I have a medical card, so I... I I myself am a user. Um, I rent a piece of property that I own in in Colorado to a woman who makes um, pastries and bakery products uh-huh. out of not marijuana, but out of the CBC, not the THC. And the THC is what is addictive. The CBC is what is the medical part they want for kids. I've also seen where it has worked for children who have leukemia and have had have constant seizures. Yeah. And when they take these CBCs, it cuts their seizures down by over a third. So, um, you know, we don't want to hurt anyone, but we don't want to hurt anyone, is what you're saying. On the other hand, right? No, I mean, and, and they're not talking about giving the kids something to smoke. I mean, people don't realize that um, it, it's been around a long time in, in pill and capsule form. It's called Marinol. And, uh, you know, they just weren't smoking it. But people that have had cancer have taken these pills. That's called Marinol, which is marijuana in a capsule form, basically. And people don't realize that that wasn't just legalized, that that's been around for for patients that have needed it and have been prescribed it. And um, all they're doing with uh, stuff for kids is they're trying to make... It's it's a, a liquid drop, and they take so many drops per day or so many drops per hour. I forget how they work it. Well, still, and, and, there, there are just some other options out there, but I, but I hear you, and, and that's true. There are children, again, like you know, we said that they're being given uh, this uh, mostly by parents, not physicians, for pain. Uh, thank you, Randall. Appreciate you uh, being so candid. Let's go to Tampa Bay, line four with MCC. Hey, how you doing? Good afternoon. I'm doing all right. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. What's your take? Well, I think that uh, I don't think we should be offering 
marijuana to children and people under 18, but uh, we look at our penal systems, and they're full of people who have, you know, been caught with a little bit of marijuana, and we look at, uh, you know, the cost to society to lasso these, you know, seamlessly harmless people who are breaking a law, technical law, and I think maybe we should look closer at uh, other societies who have a more liberal, and I'm not liberal, I'm conservative, don't get me wrong, but other societies like Amsterdam who have more liberal drug laws and don't have the issues that we have here in this country. I think that, you know... That's very true. I mean, we do, we do have a problem. We do have a problem with violent crime with addiction. There, are, I've been to Amsterdam. I went into one of those bars. People smoking pot, even grooves in the bar for cocaine, even though that's not legal. Um, oh, really? And, and, and uh, you know, yeah, and they do. Uh, you know, th- th- there have been uh, proposals for needle distribution programs for heroin users here in the United oh, States. Oh, I see. Now, see, now I wasn't. I was speaking specifically to the marijuana because you never read in the newspaper or see the story on TV where a person has, you know, you know, just wiped out a family of four in a car accident, and they get out of the car and they go, you know, I don't know what happened, man. I, you know, I worked all day, came home, you know, and they did. They smoked. They have a joint with their neighbor or whatever, and then they were on their way to Walmart and they lost control of their car. You don't hear of it. You don't see also the correlation when it's specifically marijuana. Now, I'm not talking about when you combine it with alcohol. Alcohol. I'm talking about specifically marijuana. You do not hear about the, you know, the, just the pothead is molesting his children or a pothead is beating their wife. Now, I will tell you that I came through high school in the late 70s. And at that time, there was everything. You had booze, there was pills, there were, you know, it was all going on. We had just the 60s revolution just to come through. And, and so I, I've been around people doing all of those things. Yep. And, um, and, and you know, you. we are out of time. But quickly to speak to your first point, I'm against uh, mandatory minimums. We don't need uh, people, smell, you know, uh, buying some joints and selling some pot locked up with murderers and rapists. I agree with you there. 